Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Kentuckian Podcast. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. I have a special announcement. This is the 10th regular episode of the Kentuckian, and I just wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for your all support. It really means a lot to me, and I hope that we'll have many more of these to come. Let's dig into this week's topic. With all the recent controversy over the last couple of years, I want to address a very important issue about whether Confederate statues should be removed or should be left up. Now, understand that I'm going, I'm going to address this topic based off more, based more off of what the, the pop culture idea of the, the quote-unquote Civil War was about. And we've already talked about this some. We've talked about what some of the causes were, and we will talk about it some more. But do understand that while this is patently untrue, we'll focus on it mainly just from that standpoint. Okay? We're really going to focus more on the principle of taking down these statues, and we address the topics of the war more in other episodes. But we'll need to remember that, as we'll see, at least to a certain degree, why these statues are so important is that it's not really about racial equality or social justice, so-called, or, or anything like that. It's really about erasing, erasing history, and that's something that we need to keep in mind, and we'll kind of see some, some veins of that as we go forward. So why do these statues matter? Well, as we think about that, let's think about what the purpose of statues, memorials, and so on is in the first place. Well... This might seem like the obvious answer, but it's to memorialize something, right? That's what the purpose of these statues and memorials are. It's to give honor to someone, to something, or to some event in history. And while they can be about a particular person, they are a symbol at their core. And as such, they symbolize certain, what you might call intangibles. In some cases, it is to symbolize and memorialize loss, tragedy, sacrifice, etc., while at other times it symbolizes the virtues of the involved parties or events. Bravery, sacrifice could fall into that list as well, endurance, devotion to a cause, and so on. And at other times it's to memorialize a person or an event's accomplishments or significance. Often, as you may know if you've been to, to memorials or uh, of different kinds, these three general symbolic categories tend to overlap in a single memorial, plaque or statue. It's also generally a callback to something that most of the viewers, most of those that experience that, that statue memorial share. There's oftentimes a national identity intertwined with most memorials. Not only is it a testament to some virtue or cause, it's one that most of its viewers will identify with and have a connection with because memorials and statues are the embodiment of national legacy. Right when it's when it's a war memorial or a memorial about uh, a particular inventor or a hero of of some country, whether it's the United States or not, there's some connection that we hold, or that the the members, the the people, either from that country directly, or maybe have immigrated away and have come back because that's their heritage. They share that together. We'll talk about more of that in a second. Um, but as you think about this idea of national legacy, also think about legacy, because this sort of gets the idea of what the purpose of a memorial or a statue is. There's a, a legacy that you may think of, and maybe you think of first with your ancestors. Think about what ancestors are, people that leave a record 
of behavior that is inextricably connected with you personally that you will have to either live up or to live down, live up to or to live down, excuse me. This happens on a national scale and in some cases even a worldwide scale. Think about when you speak of a national symbol, say, for instance, the Declaration of Independence. All Americans, whether they're descended from Thomas Jefferson directly or they're a first-generation immigrant to the United States, have the Declaration of Independence to live up to. We all share in the greatness of that document and the responsibility to live up to its highest ideals as a sort of family. That gets to the very soul of national identity in the first place, sharing common values, experiences, and history with others we're physically unrelated with. And then as you think about it in a, in a worldwide sense, that connection that people, that the viewers, the experiences of that memorial share, think about the various Holocaust memorials. And those are spread across the world, especially in Europe and the United States. That's something that while certain countries certainly have a stronger connection to a certain, you know, I mean, you think about Germany uh, definitely has a strong connection because they were the perpetrators of that awful event. They are in many ways worldwide memorials or, as I would prefer to put it, human memorials. Every one of us has shared in that experience in one way or another. It's both a testament as to how bad humans, any humans can be, not just Germans. Not just Europeans, any humans can be, but also it's a memorial to the difference that humans, again, any humans can make to put a stop to such atrocities. Those horrible places aren't functioning anymore, and they haven't functioned for 75 plus years now, right? Because a lot of countries got together and put a stop to the nonsense. And Germany, as bad as it was, has that to live down and hopefully takes that and learns from it to prevent some sort of awful event like that from happening again. And all of us, because it's more of a, a worldwide or a human memorial, all of us learn from it because of something of that scale, World War II and the, the awful things that happened involved in with it. All of us have a connection to that because I would dare say that all of us are descended from somebody that was in some way affected by it. Not to mention that the actions that were taken during that conflict affect every one of us today in the way the world looks and technology and all sorts of different areas. So we think about what memorials are for. They're for national identity and memorializing something that's good, hopefully good. Um, but when particularly with Confederate statues, memorializing virtues, memorializing events and people that fought in this conflict, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit, a little more in detail, I guess, about the cause, if you will. But there's another main purpose that memorials are around as well. So we talked about memorializing things and kind of what that means and how we can use that, the, the sort of shared legacy, the shared identity, uh, that sort of thing that we, we talked about. But they're also there for remembrance, not just the idea of that identity, although those two things are closely connected. So why does it matter? And this kind of comes into the remembrance as well, to help remind us of those things. This matters because memorial statues, etc., as a form of remembrance, as like we talked about, function as a teaching tool. They are physical symbols of the fact that there are things in this life that matter more than ourselves. 
that there are causes, duties, and virtues that, while intangible, are worth far more than comfort, safety, and pleasure than even our life itself. There are also, in some cases, and not, a, not really with the Confederate statues, but are also testaments at times to the dangers of certain values and the monstrous behaviors they can lead to. Just think about that for a second. They're either testaments to something bigger than ourselves, or they're testaments to, again, something bigger than ourselves, but in the context, sort of the flip side of the coin of preventing things from happening that shouldn't happen, right? Like like the Holocaust. Think about the Soviet Union, some of that stuff, right? Um, a statue to Joseph Stalin is in many ways a, a memorial of to not let that happen again. Those are the awful, awful things that he did. But as we think about the Confederate statues, they're really about what the war was really about. They're really about the cause that people fought for. And, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So bringing it a little back, a little closer home with, with the Confederate statues, right? They, they are a testament to a cause, to a principle, to a virtue that is worth more than our personal comfort, our own selfish desires. Now, as we think of memorials as a learning tool, let's consider... Uh, and you'll see where this leads in a second. Let's consider one of the earliest learning tools, neurological learning tools that humans use, things called mirror neurons. There are special neurons in the brain that help us learn and imitate behavior, specifically human behavior. To illustrate it briefly, although it's a very fascinating subject, um, that's sort of how if, you, if you're playing with a baby and the baby's watching you and it's like you're smiling at it and it tries to smile, those sort of things, that's kind of how a baby learns facial expressions and, and many other actions, but I think that's perhaps the easiest to understand or, or the quickest example. That's what mirror neurons allow babies to do. However, we use mirror neurons our entire lives because it helps us learn from other humans. And I bring this up to give you an example of how we learn from other people. Why does this concept of learning from other people affect the importance of statues and memorials? I think you might see where this is going. But it's because as humans, we're all in the same boat. Every single one of us is capable of great good and great evil. That's why memorials and statues are so important. They connect us to our humanity and help us learn from our fellow humans. Whether that's good things or bad things, we look at their behavior. And memorials and statues are a very great way to do that. This is also the reason that history in general, as we've talked about before, human relationships, religion, and awareness of our own mortality are also so important because these memorials are an integral part of learning and preserving what makes us human, good and bad, and what leads to our greatest successes and darkest failings so that we today can learn from what our ancestors, whether physical ancestors or ancestors in the sense of, of supporting the same cause or, or, or doing the same things that they did, that's how we can learn from, from their example. And that's, how, that's the point I made with mirror neurons, right? We learn from people's examples, even on a neurological level. It helps, us, it helps ground us, right, in our, in our place in humanity. So as we think about these Confederate statues in particular and statues and, the, and why the idea of, of erasing offensive history is problematic or could be problematic, 
is because we don't learn. Even even the Germans, as bad of a thing as they had going, even the Soviets, as bad as the stuff going on there, they still need to learn from it. And while if you really delve into the causes for the war, the Confederate statue should not be viewed as something bad to learn from for the most part. Of course, everybody makes mistakes. But even from the flip side, right, when you look at the atrocities committed in, throughout the world, those memorials are important to keep up, not because we're memorializing that ideal, that 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 principle that they had as, as twisted and evil as it may have been. We're also learning that we can be susceptible to the same thing. They were people. I've made this point to some of my friends before. We shouldn't dehumanize Nazis. <laughs> and as bad as that might sound on the surface, the problem is we treat Nazis like they're not human. We treat Nazis like monsters. And the problem is they're not. That's what scares us. That's what's uncomfortable. Nazis were humans, just like us, that did monstrous things. And memorials, museums, history in general, can help us remember that. Going to a Holocaust memorial helps us remember that. And people want to constantly beat up on them because they want to think, I could never do that. I could never be in, that sh in those shoes. I'm better than them. It's uncomfortable to think that I'm a human just like Hans was in World War II, who didn't say anything about the Jews they were loading up into train cars. And I could do that same thing if I don't have my priorities right, if I'm scared, if I'm only worried about myself or whatever else these people may have gone through. And to dehumanize them means that we don't learn the most valuable lessons from them because we want to be comfortable, quite frankly, for the most part. I'm not going to say that's every single aspect of it, but it's an important concept to consider. Again, whether good or bad. Now, I got a little bit off track there, but we're doing pretty good on time, so I'm not too worried about it. So as we think about bringing it back into Confederate statues and all the issues with that, and even from the aspect of where people think that, well, you know, the South, at least the officials, at least the people up top kind of did it for slavery, or at least so they could have the, the state's right to slavery, which, again, isn't really true, but... It's important to realize what reality is compared to these, even in that context. So, as we think about that, I do want to be fair and say that I think there are limits. But what are those limits, right? Okay, so maybe we shouldn't take them down just immediately. You know, I mean, how far do you take it? Do you say that all memorials should be let up? Is, is there any such thing as a bad monument? Should we take nothing down ever? Should we take everything down because, you know, there's, you know, evil in all of us, right? Or at least the potential for evil. Well, let, let's start off before we dig into that a little more into some of the specifics about Confederate statues and statues in general. What should be, I guess, your standard operating procedure for whether a, a, a statue is really appropriate in the public sphere? Let's let's state the point. And I've kind of alluded to this already. It really needs to be its own separate episode. But stating that, a, that, or making a point rather, that a person 
a cause or a historical attitude that's memorialized has a fault and using that as a reason to take down a statue or a memorial like they do today, right? Like they say, oh, well, Robert E. Lee maybe didn't fight for slavery, but he had slaves at one time in his life, so we should take his statues down. That's stupid, all right? That's just stupid. We are all human, and every human is flawed. This nonsense about quote-unquote canceling somebody because they did something bad sometime in their life is based off the brutal mercilessness of today's culture. We'll address this more in depth in a later episode. Like I said, this, this requires more digging into. But to cover it briefly, to discount the good someone or some group has done, and this is coming more into the Confederate issue, to, to discount the good that they have done or stand for, or stood for, because they made arguably a bad decision, is undeniably stupid. Because, oh, well, some of them had slaves, so we should just ignore everything good they did. That's ridiculous. I mean, what what's next? Are we going to refuse to learn from others' mistakes? Because, well, they should be right all the time? If you really think that's a bad thing, why would we just destroy everything related to that history? Why wouldn't we learn from it? We would learn if, if our best friend did made a really dumb mistake and we were in, in a position to make the same dumb mistake. I hope we're going to learn from what the mistake our friend made. But saying, well, he, he should have been good all the time, so we're just going to ignore his entire life experience. Or maybe he helped you with something else, helped you get through some other struggle you had. Instead, you're just going to ignore it because he made a mistake sometime in his life. Will we de delegitimize the good advice or cancel the good advice of one of our parents because they made a mistake before? Are we going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were? It's, it's ludicrous. We're all people. We all make mistakes, but we all also sometimes have successes, and we can help each other out. We can learn from each other's mistakes, and we can help each other through with the things we're stronger in. And the idea of canceling somebody because they made a mistake, even if they do very much good now, is just ridiculous. And this gets into their real purpose, the erasure of all of our past, of all of our good examples. What does that lead to? An erasure of a sense of country and family? Because like we talked about, the, the legacy of family is really intertwined with national legacy. Those, those two concepts are very closely connected. And if we have no sense of country because of cancel culture, because of the erasure of history and all memorials and anything good in the past, that's also going to be part of what happens to our family, too, because you know what? Our parents are older than we are. So they're, in a sense, in the past. You know what? Our grandparents are older than we are. And you know what? They're kind of in the past, even if they helped us, if we canceled them because, well, society at their point in life had an ill, a societal ill. It's ridiculous. But that's the point. It'll it'll destroy any form of patriotism because somewhere some because somebody somewhere did something that we said was bad. Even with the Confederate statues, and, and you know, we can get into some of the issues with that, but realize, we don't have time right now, but realize that, you know, a lack of knowledge and understanding of the actual history, you know, partly is affected by that. Like, oh, well, they, they just try and say slavery for everything, and they really ignore most of the issues and most of the facts. But the principle still holds true. Any ill, it's just slavery is one that our society has chosen to focus on, right? Any ill, real, or imagined. 
I mean, to bring it home, and again, it's one of those things I have to, I have to, I can't spend time on every little sub point. I have to kind of contain it and in a, in a small encapsulation and then come back to it in another episode. But to illustrate that they really are trying, it's not about slavery or that black people are offended because of the war. Uh, it really is about erasure of history is that they've also started going after statues of people like George Washington, Teddy Roosevelt, and even Lincoln himself. And while the idea of Lincoln and, and the reality of him is a whole other story, even according to them, you know, he freed the slaves and all that different stuff, but they'll say that he was a racist. And while they're, that's basically true, um, they try and delegitimize what they consider that he did was good, right? It's so ambiguous. There's so just, he said, she said, I think that's offensive. I think that's a problem. And that's what we use as our standard half the time, it seems like. But as some people said when they first started trying to take down the Confederate statues, it was never going to end with that because it was always about erasing American history in the first place. We talked about some of the effects that has, and that serves many purposes, but that is a story for another time, my friends. People try to delegitimize the existence of Confederate memorials because, quote-unquote, the war was fought for slavery, right? However, there's virtually no statue or memorial, I would say probably none, but virtually no statue or memorial that memorializes any soldier that fought for slavery. You'd probably have a hard time finding a, an actual historian that is at least it, kind of honest with himself that would say that the average Confederate soldier fought for slavery. Neither soldier or officer did. And we talked about this some already. Um, we talked about the war wasn't over slavery, and we'll talk about it some more. So it's definitely hard to link that imagined motivation because the data just isn't there. The facts just aren't there. Um, but even the people that sort of believe that, as ambiguous as it may be when you really dig into it, there's no statue or memorial that memorializes that part. Because guess what? Most of these soldiers fought for their homes. These memorials are for Confederate dead the extraordinary example of certain officers and so on, they memorialize, in general, the sacrifice, the bravery, the devotion to their country and commitment they had to protect their families. Not to mention, these memorials often deal with the fact that this was the most devastating conflict in American history, memorializing the death and the loss of life. The South was totally and completely ravaged, aside from the massive loss of life. Its economy annihilated. People raped, farms burned, everything looted and destroyed. It was disgusting. And this warrants an episode of its own as well, as many of these things do. But the war in Reconstruction has deeply scarred the South. And we're still feeling the repercussions of re Reconstruction, especially, but even the war today. That's the kind of event that's, that you would normally memorialize because it really affects the people today. It affects them at the time. And it has affected their children and their children all the way up to us. And it will continue to affect us because it was such a significant event in history. It's not to promote racism or to keep black folks down or whatever ambiguous reasons they give today for tearing these st statues down. Now, I hesitate on how much to delve into that area. Again, I don't have time to do it justice in this episode. But suffice it to say that the role, and it, this is where we get into like the actual history, which we don't have time for, but to suffice it to say that the role black Southerners had in the war and in the South in general is much different than what most people are led to believe in their history classes. 
We've already mentioned it a little bit, and we'll delve into it more later. But we don't have time right now, so I'm moving on. But with that statement made, to make a point about what these memorials should mean to Americans that happen to have black skin, saying that, well, these people will find it offensive or they should be offended by the nature of these statues is awful. It's awful to say that, and it's awfully wrong. Now, the last main point I want to talk about is what about the statues that may or may not have been put up by a few racists many years later in an attempt to put certain groups down? Some people try and say that either all the statues, many of the statues, or even a few of the statues were put up by people in like the 1920s that were trying to like scare black folks. Now, that has a lot of issues with it. And we have to be careful with anybody making those claims because many times they're just out and out wrong. There, again, that's a whole other issue, really, when you get down into it, but we just don't have time. I'm just going to have to move past it for now. But let's say for argument, we're talking about these statues, that a few of the statues that populate the South today were put up for bad reasons. Let's say for sake of argument that some of them were, that instead of being put up to memorialize their slain and sacrificial countrymen, husbands and sons, the actual cause for which they fought and died, they were put up to try and scare black people. Well, look at the specific statue. What message is it sending? What's its stated purpose? Is it a statue that is still just of Robert E. Lee and, and what he did for the South, for the Confederacy? Is that everything that it says on it, right? Or does it say, oh, this is to, to keep black people in line or something to that effect, right? The people that fought to keep, to, to, to keep their slaves or whatever, right? However, the, the memorial itself might word it. However, the statue itself might word it. A statue that is still correct, say it's again about the Southerners that lost their lives or Robert E. Lee or whoever, right? A statue being put up for the wrong reason, if it's a good statue, doesn't eliminate the truth and the actual significance of the memorial. There may have been some reason that people put it up that was bad, but is the memorial that they actually put up bad? I hope that I hope that's clear. In fact, I would say that those are even more important to keep up because the history of that statue makes its symbolism richer and more valuable because someone looking at it now and actually understanding the history behind it can make connections between what it symbolizes, what someone meant for it to symbolize, right? Like the people that put it up and whether those people were accurate or inaccurate and, and how that relates to us right now today. It can be a complex issue. That symbol, that statue can symbolize a whole lot of complex things. But that's okay because guess what? Humans are complex. And tearing down a statue because somebody put a good memorial up for a wrong reason or somebody wants to tear a good memorial down today because they misunderstood it and they're offended about it or they're offended about a lie about it is unacceptable. So as we conclude, if there's a statue that actually says to the soldiers that fought to keep slaves, slaves, sure, I'd say it's probably appropriate to take it down, put it in a museum that addresses race relations in the U.S. or something like that. Still give us a chance to learn from it. Certainly don't destroy it. But yeah, I could agree that probably shouldn't be out in the in the courthouse square. But for all the other statues, which, as we know, is like all the statues, leave them up. Learn from them. That's what they're there for. 
And remember, this is not based off what the war was actually fought over, this discussion, um, or not in detail anyway. Uh, we'll get into that more later. Once you begin to understand what the war was actually fought over, the real nature of it, you'll realize some other reasons as to why it's so important to leave these statues up. However, what we discussed in general, as you probably picked up on, goes from most goes for most things, right? Even when you look at the Nazi statues or the Soviet statues, yeah, you might not want them on Main Street, but you might move them to a park or some other memorial to learn from them, to remember the loss of life, whatever the case might be. Or maybe move them to a museum. Sometimes maybe they shouldn't necessarily be out. I mean, a museum generally is going to be public, but you know, you know, maybe you feel like, oh, well, we don't want the Nazis eagle, you know, just sitting out in a park. All right. Yeah. Again, I can understand. There's definitely some flexibility there, but still don't destroy them. Well, when you talk about like the Nazis and Soviet stuff, we may learn more of what not to do from those memorials that they put up. We can't afford to erase it. We'll end up doing the same thing. We've already talked about how important it is to learn from these things. Those, the old cliched statement that those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And that's kind of what this gets to. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If, if you like what I do and you want to support me, share this podcast on social media, tell your friends, or even just listen to other episodes. Give those a try. I try to upload a new episode every week on either Saturday or Sunday. If you'd like to help me in a more personal way, my Patreon will be linked below. And remember, folks, as long as you and I are doing the right thing, we can make a real difference in this world. The Kentuckian, trying to make a difference one person at a time.